All right, all right. Well, this week's guest, Matt Davis, is certainly stepping into his superpower. A lawyer that hates golf, so identifies golf as kryptonite for him. It has a lot of cool things going on in his business. In the pre-show, we're talking about podcasting, how he's a little bit of a rock star to other lawyers because of all the cool things that podcasting affords him to do. And uh, we're here to just really kind of talk about a lot of things. But Matt, welcome to the show. And I figured we'd just jump off right with the title, which is the title of your book, The Art of Preventing Stupid. So let's jump into that. Yeah. And hey, by the way, you know, when if you ask my wife about what my superpower is, she will tell you it's napping because I have an incredible ability to take naps anywhere, even on cement floors. But so I, I had a little chuckle about that. So yeah, no, the, yeah, my book is called The Art of Preventing Stupid, which is a little bit of a maybe provocative title. And the, the idea behind it is to, to, provoke business owners to go, well, hey, man, you know, I don't want to be stupid. I don't want to be a moron. And we're we're pretty ramped up about that because, and I hate seeing business owners make unforced errors. And, you know, guess guess who has to clean up the messes? We do. Because, yep. you know, that's, and so what we've done is spend a lot of time and energy reverse engineering what gets business owners and leaders into trouble and help teach them ways to avoid that, ways to prevent the stupid mistakes. Just as a little, we're going to make an immediate left turn and we'll come back to the stupid things that business owners might do. Yeah, it's time yeah. to shed that sport coat because the next that. question... Let's roll up the sleeves and let's get Yeah, because the next question I'm going to ask is, so uh, we met through Podmatch, which... By the way, if you're at all into podcasting, you really should check out Podmatch for booking guests, being a guest, really great portal. Um, but uh, in your bio there, you, you shed the sport coat at the right time. You were a heavy metal guitarist at one point. Oh, yeah. Well, I still am. We've nice. started a, a new heavy metal band called Geriatric Steel, and we're, we're, we're <laughs> writing. My son, we, we played once at a firm retreat, right? And my son goes, hey, why don't you guys write hard rock songs for middle age and beyond? And I go, that's the most genius idea I've ever heard. Because there's, you know, of course, it's kind of aggressive music, but there's so much more to be frustrated about. And so, you know, I've got Get Off My Lawn and Teenage Daughter. And <laughs> these songs just write themselves. So we're, uh, we're, we're practicing again Thursday night. and. Hope to get into the studio here pretty quick. So we're, we're having yeah. a lot of fun with that. So when you say you're practicing Thursday night with geriatric metal, does that mean uh, that's after four o'clock dinner? Is that right? <laughs> no, it's at seven. It's at seven. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, we're excited about that. We feel we're, we're having fun with that. So. That's cool. It's always good to have time to... Uh, in business, be able to blend hobby lifestyle with business and not just be such well, a, a slave to the business where you only wish you could do things like that uh, and have hobbies and have a life. And, you know, my wife said, you know, the law firm's doing what you want it to do and it's growing and it's starting to grow organically. 
And, you know, what's, what's your next act? I said, honey, I'm going to, we're going to take the band on tour and go, you know, go play heavy metal festivals and get paid to do it. And she's like, yeah, you're actually serious. I said, of course I'm serious. So nice. So I, I just have to ask because our producer, Chris, is big time into music. He actually, in a former life, was very involved with big record labels. Uh, so what are your biggest bands of influence? I just have to know. Oh, wow. Um, who, you know, I'm excited. I just saw Maiden is playing Tulsa. So I live out in Enid, which is West Oklahoma. And yep. uh, Maiden's playing Tulsa. You know, we grew up listening to Maiden and Priest and UFO. Uh, not so much Def Leppard. Def Leppard's more of a vocal band, if you really listen to them. Um, right. Dio, we, we listen to. Uh, I've been listening to the Tigers of Pantang lately who are the, the third string of British heavy metal, but they're still playing. So nice. Um, yeah, those the, a lot of the new wave of British heavy metal, really. It's where we cut okay. our teeth. Nice. Very cool. That's very neat. I'm sure our I'm sure Chris in the background's got a smile on his face on that one. Um, that's very cool. Uh, so back to business. So the art of preventing stupid, you wrote the book because you've seen from your years of experience, your expertise, you see a lot of things that get people into trouble. So let's talk about that. What are, what are those handful of things that seem to be these common mistakes that just keep happening over and over again? Listeners can maybe stop inflicting injury upon themselves. Well, of course it can be the, the management not planning for the future, or it can be, you know, not dealing with your marketing or understanding your marketing. But ultimately, man, every business is a little bit different, right? And the the key thing that we teach businesses how to do, and this is the the art of preventing stupid, it's kind of the tip of the iceberg of, of what we're doing with this, is teaching them how to brainstorm what their vulnerabilities are. Because we think that it's a lot easier to spot them than people think, but what what has the literature produced? I mean, the literature has produced SWOT analysis, and SWOT analysis is, of course, you know, let's talk about our strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. Okay, yep. those are, and ultimately, we focus on the weaknesses and the threats. Um, that's you can't ask smart questions when you're just going, "What are my weaknesses or what are my threats?" But we frame it up in such a way where, first of all, your three columns of, of questions. What are my, what are the catastrophes that can strike? Meaning things out of my control, but they can get us. What are we ignorant about? And what are we being inept or, or slack? We use the word ineptitude or what are we slacking off about? Right. And... So we take those three categories and we'll either do it with the business immune system reports, which is what the art of preventing stupid is about, and walk that through. That's more about systems, okay? So you're going to talk about what's your management look like? What does your personnel look like? What do your facilities look like? Marketing, sales, metrics. I think I covered them all right there. And... Yeah. You, you ask questions in each of those categories. So, for instance, I sat down with a owner of a 
our president, it's a family business, of a big company, quarter billion dollar a year company, and said, okay, you know, what are the problems? What's the, where are the vulnerabilities with you? And we very quickly agreed, look, we don't have a good succession plan in place. We don't have anybody mm -hmm. here that can run the company. And we went out and, and uh, you know, identified that. And by looking at that, we then went out and hired two C-suite vice presidents, right? Two senior level yep. vice presidents from other companies, either of whom within the year could run the company. And you know what that did to the company? I mean, you can guess it supercharged it. Yeah, 100%. But 100%. I actually, one of the, one of the clients I'm uh, undertaking beginning uh, September uh, has a very similar trajectory where there, there is uh, leadership in place, but it's family leadership and it's turning over and it's like, where, where, who's going to stand in that role of the visionary in the company? Who's going to stand in the role of where this thing goes? Because we aren't just going to be able to hold on to what we have forever. That'll just go away. You have to be adding. So yeah, really smart. I want to take a pause because people watching this, looking at the show notes, they're like, well, Matt Davis, Davis Business Law, we're talking about a lot of like business growth, about business analysis, but Matt's a lawyer. So you seem to approach law, your court, or do you have a secondary business? Uh, I might have missed that. Well, but no, I mean, we do you we, approach it really holistically in your firm? Well, we look, we do traditional law in as well. And, um, and, and, and by the way, it's hard to, it's hard to market. It's hard to sell clients on the, the holistic and the preventative work in mm -hmm. because, you know, look, you work with entrepreneurs. And they're 13 feet tall and bulletproof, right? I mean, well, I'm 15 feet tall and yeah, 50 cal. Throw it yeah, at me. Yeah. And <laughs> so from our perspective, this is, you know, this is a, the, the consulting or the, the preventative legal work, if you want to call it that, the proactive legal work is we love to get clients that will let us do that with them. Yeah. Because we can keep them out of so much trouble. And, and ultimately it really, what we do is really the negative side of strategic planning with that part of our business. And that dovetails right in with their strategic planning. So we'll end up working a lot of times with their business coaches or their scaling up coach or their EOS coach. And several of the EOS and scaling up coaches that I'm acquainted with have adopted our methodology and are dovetailing it in with what they do. Because it, when you get those businesses, and here's one of our taglines, if you deal with your vulnerabilities, you can capitalize on your opportunities. And mm. the point is, you're the strong player on the field then. You're the, you're the company that's not making the stupid, unforced errors. You're the company that is ready to take advantage of your opportunities because you're not off over here in the wilderness dealing with some stupid problem. Right. right. And, and, you know, I, I mean, I, I come at this really gutturally from this standpoint. Okay. So my mom was the only woman in her med school class 
1963. University of Oklahoma. Mom was just, you know, stone cold. And she then went to St. Louis, did a residency, and ultimately came back to our hometown. Like kind of like I did professionally. I was in Washington, D.C. and then decided, hey, this would be a nice place to set up a professional career. And she was one of the pioneers in breast cancer screening. So wow. Right. Now let's think about that. Okay. So that's medicine being proactive. That's medicine going, okay, we know that this stuff is likely. We know the problems that people get in, that women get into with breast cancer, right? And we know how to examine for it. So fast forward to my life that, you know, hers was back in the seventies and eighties. And I'm a professional in this town. My, and by the way, I've got people coming up to me all the time going, your mom saved my life or my wife's life or my mom's life by early detection, okay? So from an ethical standpoint, I'm a professional too, and I've got responsibilities of taking care of my clients. But in the law business, we're just taught, okay, you deal with the issues when they come. Right. Now, I'm exaggerating a bit, but, you know, that's where your emphasis is. And in working with my clients, I'm like, wow, you know, What if we can develop systems and frameworks and structures to ask the smart questions to help steer them around their problems so they can deal with their opportunities, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, 100%. And, And, you know, that guttural, just ethical demand or whatever you want to call it inside of here is like, that's, that's what I want to do. And, you know, it's a it's a responsibility, and you know, let's let's be serious too. It's not entirely altruistic because when we're working with companies and doing that, what happens is they grow faster, and frankly, there's more for us to do. Right, and frankly, my attorneys love doing it. Right, right. Well, you know, you mentioned in the pre-show as we were. Uh, getting to know one another a little little more intentionally so our listeners and watchers have a better experience on the show, which is another good little tip, I think, for podcasting. Get to know your guests in advance of the show as best yeah. you can. But uh, you know, you were talking how you love podcasting for yourself because as you're, you're in a business, right? You have to grow your business. Mm-hmm. So you're attracting new attorneys to your firm and you're talking about how the podcasting as a media right? Because that's what it is. It's a media, no different than radio, than TV, than Google AdWords, than social. Yeah, they view you as a rock star. But really, I think what's going on is they're getting to know you and they're getting to see what life can be like at your firm. And, you know, you touched on it. You said just a minute ago how there's a, there's a, a mission, a principle, an ethic to help a business be better, to cover their sick, so to say, to help them ex- understand where those vulnerabilities are so they can max those opportunities. By the way, I wrote that down. One thing we do here on my show, it's a new part of our systems is I understand not everybody sits down and listens or watches a show for an hour. So we're starting to pull out these little micro nuggets in the show. So you'll see me making notes. Don't think I'm doing other work. 
both you as my guest and those watching. I'm I'm doing that because we're getting more from this content, which is another little smart marketing tip that we can give you here on the show. But talk about, you, you know, you're using podcasting as a media. You see the mission you bring to your customers and how you're attracting new people to your business as you grow. Yeah. So podcasts, okay. With, first of all, they're, they're podcasts, frankly, for us as direct lead generators are not that important because we're limited where we can practice law to where we have licenses and offices, right? So, right. Mm-hmm. and and that's kind of just an unfortunate deal. I mean, I could arguably do business consulting all over America. I don't do it because um, I've got bar licenses and the the bars tend to be made up of the people that told on you and me in school. So I just right. stay, stay <laughs> out of their way, okay? And I, yep. I just don't want to be on their radar. That's that's our goal. Just, you know, don't even give them any reason to question. So yeah. not yeah. so much direct lead gen, okay? And maybe that was the the easy thing. So I guess what I'm getting to is counterintuitively, podcasts are really valuable, number one, because when you're if you're doing digital marketing, backlinks off of podcasts are very valuable because in digital marketing, half your show is for your audience and half your show is for Google. Mm-hmm. And Google likes the podcasts. Okay. Right. There's there's a little personification going on there. Now, in for recruiting. And getting the firm message out, podcasts have been invaluable for us. And by the way, they're also great because I always learn something talking to the Jeffs of the world, right? right. But it's a, it's a great platform for us to express and talk about our ethics and what we do and to just show who we are because... yeah. Um, and to show that we have some digital savvy and are actually doing something out of the ordinary rather than just being your standard yawn law firm that's going through life, wearing gray suits, picking up whoever they can get that has a bar card and a pulse. Because right. most law firms are just fraternities. And we operate really differently in the sense that we know who our clientele um, is and they're, you know, they're ambitious business owners, small business owners. We have a couple larger businesses we represent, but, um, you know, I, I want, I want to speak to the attorneys that want to work with those people. I want to show them who we are. And it, it really helps our recruiting when they can go listen to me on a podcast and go, wow, that's, the sort of yeah. outfit I want to work for. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, what we're talking about here, and it's really twofold, is, you know, projecting true authenticity in your business. And this is applicable in what you do in business law. It's applicable in what I do in, you know, working with clients that want to go to a next level in their business and, and put a visionary into the business that can help them grow. So many people, I think, get wrapped up. You said it in the, you know, the gray suits, the licensure, 
the letter of the law you were taught in school, and they just don't come across authentically. What have you seen? And then I want to follow up on the second part of this, the mission of a business, like that heartbeat of the business that you referred to a few minutes back. So on the authenticity side, what have you seen where business owners get this and grab onto it? What has it done for them? Well, it, you know, first of all, they got to have their heart in the right place. I mean, at, at the end of the day, money is just a measure of the service you do for other people, so other people, right? And um, so you start with your heart in the right place of let's make their life better. Let's add back. Okay. Th- that's a do not pass go, do not collect $200 sort of deal. But you do that. And then when you, when you start to engage, I'm sorry, I'm kind of losing your question. I'm, I feel like, um, yeah, speaking about the authenticity, oh, like yeah, yeah, yeah. how, how have business owners use their authenticity? How are they showing right. their true self got, for success? Got it. Like, yeah, I got tied up in that little it's side. Right. When, and but when you put your heart and soul into it, and and you're authentic about helping them, and it it supercharges them, and and also you know it also supercharges you when you're humble enough and honest enough to deal with the mistakes that you made because right. unlike most law firms we we have a complete customer service department we call it client experience and you know Kelly is empowered if any of our clients are upset to make decisions to to deal with their complaints and we look at that as an opportunity for us to mend fences because yep. if somebody's mad at us or or upset, which doesn't happen very frequently because we stay on top of stuff, but that's an opportunity for them to go, oh, okay, this is a different sort of company than what I'm expecting in the law business. Yep. Because, you know, there's a lot of good reason people hate law firms. And I can talk yeah. about that for hours. And by the <laughs> way, that's... That's also, there's a lot of good reason that attorneys hate working for law firms. Right. I get, I get the feeling around the law circles. You're kind of the, the renegade, the, ba- the odd man out, the, the rogue, the, uh, uh, what was that movie with Adam Sandler, the golf movie? We keep oh. coming back to golf here, Matt. Uh, yeah. Well, happy, happy Gilmore. Happy Gilmore, yeah. You're, you're, you're the odd guy out in that way, kind of shaking things up, well, which I love. I- you know, I, I have a lot of my mom in me and my mom had a real low tolerance for the status quo. I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm kind of iconoclastic is maybe the $5 word for it, but right. I, I'm just not real interested in, um, in doing things just because they've always been done that way. I mean, I want to think about it. I want to do what's right. I mean, our company, by the way, we're, um, we're a growth company. I mean, we're an Inc. 5,000 company for two years in a row now. And um, I don't have any partners, but we run the company a a lot better than other law firms are run. And both financially and on a human resources level. And that's a huge advantage for us. Yeah. Yeah. You know, to circle back to the authenticity thing, and then maybe we'll we'll shift into you know, where the heart is and where the mission is of a business. You know, I don't know many attorneys that would lead with, I'm into 
new age, or I'm sorry, new wave, third wave, English, British metal. <laughs> like they're, they're leading, like you, look, I want, I want watchers. If you listen to this, this is again, why it pays to take in some of these shows, my show included, because they're always video shows behind Matt. Look at what you're not seeing. You're not seeing the law degrees. You're not seeing the fraternity certificates, right? You got a guy standing here talking about how we really help a business, not how we bring them back from the edge and the brink of troubles that we knew we could have prevented. Instead, we're standing on the forefront saying, we're here to help you take an ounce of prevention and really make it last, which really is a daily homage to your mother. If you think about it, that's the way I look at it. Yeah, you know, I you got, know. I, I'm, I'm looking at it and I have a, there's a picture of my mom right over there. There's a, a cover of the Art of Preventing Stupid book. And I have had to take my picture down here back down. So that's, yeah. that's the, a picture of the college or the, the quarry where all the rock came from, where I went to college. But there you go. Oh, cool. Yep. Yeah. So, you know, um, and, and just by the way, I mean, I, I get a sense you have a lot of, obviously you have a lot of love and respect for your mother. Uh, what a time for her to come up in medicine in the early 60s. I mean, that was no, for, for a woman, that was no uh, small feat by any measure, I'm sure. Was there any stories that she told you that stick with you? Yeah, the, uh, yeah, there's several. So the, the, the boys, um, used to like to cut the male anatomy off the cadavers and stuff it in her lab coat. <laughs> and, uh, and, you know, and then uh, one of her lifelong friends, or from, you know, professional friends, he lives just down the block from us, told her that she needed to give up her space to a man. And uh, mm. she has... I bet you that went over like a lead balloon. It, it has been great. And we roast him about it all the time. And I'm just waiting for her funeral because I hope he survives her only so I can bring that up just to watch him squirm at her funeral. So. <laughs> wow. Well, well, you know, thank you to your mother. I mean, her, you know, the role she played in, in the early detection of breast cancer. I mean, it's not just the people coming up to you in your town um, talking about your mother and, and her her gifts and talent she put into this world, but it's it's really all over the world. That's yeah, awesome. I mean, it it made a huge difference in the world, and 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 medicine is is, is serious about that. And and you know, if we if I had a a mission and a passion aside from just helping small businesses, it's 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 helping business to yeah to to avoid. Stupid mistakes. I mean, hell, I wrote the book on it. And yeah, yeah, yeah. my next book's sitting on ice. We're trying to decide what to do with it. So and it, it kind of takes everything to even a higher level because guess what? As you know, I get better all the time because I'm just constantly working and thinking and coming up with right. new ways to be more incisive. And Yeah, yeah. So dovetailing, you know, purpose authenticity into the mission for a business. So I'll, I'll, I'll give you a little bit of inspiration with what I'm doing in the retail business I own. So our goal there is change the way you feel about mattress stores. That's our mission. Real simple. Because it guides everything we do from how we speak to our people, 
how we advertise, the, the items we select to offer for sale, the procedures in the home. Uh, when we're in your bedroom, and I say that, like when I'm at networking events, you, know, you talk about the typical gray suit, stodgy, you know, what you're supposed to say and do. I get on the mic and I say, I do business in your bedroom. <laughs> you know, and it gets that reaction every time. Yeah. But I take that and I share with people like, yeah, I, I sell mattresses. I help a third of your life. I have that impact. And we take it serious. And we change the way you feel about buying a mattress and about the stores you buy them in. Because I know our industry kind of sucks. It's terrible. Hey, there's well, a lot, that, there's a lot of uh, confusion and, and forced manipulation. And we want to change that. That's our mission. So I'll kick that back to you. Uh, no, and uh, very similarly, um, on both the external and internal fronts, we do that too. So let's talk about external. And this is really good advice, just what you've said and what I'm about to say for all business owners. Figure out what everybody hates about your industry and set out to fix it. So, you know, in, in the law, if I was picking a couple things people hate, it's number one, number one, just not being able to communicate with your lawyer. So when somebody calls us, man, we're getting them on the phone as quick as we can with the lawyer. It's not, hey, we're going to wait. You know, we'll call you back three hours from now. Our, our goal is to get the leads on the phone and then also communicate after the fact. We, we call it the mushroom treatment that a lot of law firms give people where they feed them BS and keep, keep them in the dark, right? And look, we don't always get homers <laughs> on that because things can happen. But man, you know, that is, that's really serious faux pas around here. And you know, communication with our clients is just really important. And also just the blank check syndrome because people don't know how much their case is going to cost. And they're, it's, it's, it's hard from our standpoint because sometimes we don't know how much cases are going to cost. You know, we right. try, we'll try to flat fee, but you know, I've got a deal going up in Nebraska right now. And the other attorney is just such an epic moron. We can't accomplish anything with this guy. Um, right. You know, Ashley and I, Ashley's my right-hand lawyer. We were just throwing our hands up, just screaming about this guy yesterday. And, and he's costing our client a ton of money. We can't, okay, but anyway... You know, how do you communicate with clients about money and keep them apprised? And what we did is we shortened our billing cycles to, uh, on a lot of our cases, we will bill every week. And, you know, it's a digital invoice. And so it's an update. Yep. And our clients appreciate that because, you know, at least you know in quicker increments what's going on. And, and that makes a huge difference. So, you know, we are working to fix that in our industry, those things. And so that's externally, right? Now, internally, these lawyers hate working for these law firms because the law firms just churn them, churn them, churn them. And so, you know, normal, normal law firms, uh, part of the model would be, we're going to bill you out at two. We want you to bill 2,000 hours a year, Okay. One of our attorneys was on a program like that. That's nine and a half hours a day. So she yeah. was working 12 hours a day. 
Right. And, you know, it's a miserable freaking life. And so we were able to go get her from that law firm and take her billing quota down to six hours a day. And now all of a sudden she has a life. Now all of a sudden she's had two little babies and she's happy as she can be. And by the way, you know, her old boss, when one day she went in and was said, hey, I need to talk to you about something. And he literally said to her, you're going to tell me you're pregnant. Don't tell me you're pregnant. You know, oh, I'm, geez. I'm, I'm happy. She, I'm thrilled she's pregnant. You know, right. I, I want to see her succeed. And, and I, I want to see that happiness in her life. And I'm thrilled that we can do it. And, you know, I'm also waiting for those kids to grow up so I can tell them how much their maternity leave cost me. But, um, <laughs> and how much they owe me just to give them some trouble. By the way, that was fun. Her first baby, she named um, Hank. So I show up at the maternity ward. Oh, no, first one was Duke. I show up at maternity ward with a life-size cutout of John Wayne. Nice. That, nice. That she, she's, and the second one's Hank. And I had to go get the Hank one custom made. But it was it was ninety three dollars, so it was it yeah. did, didn't break the bank. But she has been using those cutouts to measure those boys' heights on. Oh, cool! And I guess what I'm getting. Yeah, what to, a, I mean, what a connection, right? Yeah, what a connection you've made. Yeah, and that's that's you know, you want to celebrate these people's lives. You know, my job as the leader of the tribe is to make their lives better. You know, I've got to be a servant. Oh, yeah, look, I've got, there's my guitar. I've got that one right here. Um, they, um, you know, my job is to make their lives better and to build a company that, that, you know, that improves their lives. And we want them to have good work-life balance, and we just set them apart from other law firms. And by the way, when I'm recruiting, we send that signal loud and clear. Um, you would not immediately think my ad was for a law firm ad. Right. Well, you know, it, it's interesting to me. A lot, of, a lot of companies talk about impacting, improving their customers' lives through X, Y, or Z, and yet expect to do so in the example you provided with the gal who had Duke and Hank, where she prior... And the other firm, she's working 2,000 hours, miserable existence, would probably never even have the time to go get pregnant, right? She said and, that. Right. And, uh, you know, it, it just seems a massive contradiction. How do you expect to impact your customers' lives when everybody on the front lines who's supposed to do that is miserable? Mm-hmm. So you're 100% right that you you have taken on the role as a leader of your tribe to be in that life improvement business for your people first. Cause if they ain't right, your customers aren't going to get right with whatever you provide. Right. Yeah. And you know, that's, that's classic Richard Branson of, you know, what's, what's how to can't remember what is take care of your team first and they'll take care of all your customers. Yep. Yeah. hundred percent. You know, part of that, um, is, knowing who you want on your team and being really clear about your culture. Um, yeah, which is, yeah. You know, on one hand, people yawn about culture, 
But man, you figure out what your core values are and who you need on your team. It'll supercharge the heck out of you. Yeah. 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 That's, I mean, that's one of those things that kind of like the mission purpose value statement kind of gets glossed over. You get a lot of this corporate ease, a lot of pretty pictures of mountaintops and sunsets, but it's really well, all, a lot of it's hollow. So let's dig into that a little bit. What, what, what yeah. have you done with those you've worked with? What are some successes you've seen to build that up? Now, there is a great book out there about your core values. Um, gosh, I, it, it's, it's yellow. I remember it's yellow. But it's it's great, and yeah. I'm by the way, I'm completely with you. You know, integrity. You know, customer service. Whatever. You know, that's a bunch of crap. And yep. you know, you have to get serious about action verbs of what you're doing. And I think maybe that's the key thing. Act, you know, action verbs. Our core value number one is believe and protect their dreams. Okay. Because clients come to us with a dream, and that's what a business is. It's a dream of them going to a different place in life, them improving their life. And if you've got a family, improving their family's life, right? And they want attorneys that want to believe, believe in them because that's the foundation. If we don't believe in their dream and don't want to help them and don't believe they can do it, well, you can't put your heart into it. And then, you know, the other side of what we do, because the common denominator of everything we do is dealing with people's vulnerabilities, whether it's a latent one or an active. And we have got to put it in our hearts to, yeah, we're going to go protect this dream. We are going to take them to a better place and do everything we can. And that's that's a powerful core, core value. And I can, you know, look at everybody on our team and go, they get that because if they don't get that, they're gone. I don't want them around here. They're poison to our whole mission. And as a leader, you have to be ready to fire anybody who you're just going, they don't get the core value. Um, the other second one is create solutions because you know, people don't come to us to learn about what their problems are. They come to us wanting to know, okay, how, how do I fix this? Or how can you help me fix this? Or what are the pieces we can put to place to make sure this doesn't happen again? And that, you know, notice both of those core values are based on action verbs. Believe, create, protect. Yep. And that's, that's serious stuff. Um, yep. By the way, I've got a, a really sort of insane question in our um, interview questions. And I'm, I'm going to tweak it, throw some more in of just, you know, what if you had a, a brick and a pillowcase what can, or a sheet? I think it's a sheet. What can you do with that? Hmm. Sounds completely nuts, but I want to hear what they can do with it. Right. Because I'm looking for creative problem solvers. Right, right. And I kind of yeah. like them to be a little deviant and aggressive too. So, <laughs> you know, you get, so, you get, 
strap the strap the superhero cape on with the sheet and grab the brick and go go make some chaos in life. Yeah. Right? Okay. You want a job, Jeff? I'll give you a job. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, uh, you know, I think I think the thing to take away from this, and you know, for for anybody listening, is you know, here here's a, a guy leader owns his his law firm, his attorney firm, law firm, um, but really understands his position, and that's helped to build, believe, and protect the dream of his customers. And you know, it, you you mentioned it when people call you, they want answers. The emotional hot button there is. Yeah, on your team's side of the desk and phone or or computer, if it's email, it's just business as usual. Their day is, hey, every day there's going to be a new emergency. We get that. We're, we're preconditioned to deal with that. We do this every day. For the person sending the email, making the phone call, this might be the first time that they're getting a, getting a legal letter sent their way from another lawyer. Might be the first time they've run afoul of the IRS. Might be the first time they've they've run afoul of some other aspect of things. And it's a real, I mean, it's eye-opening. I mean, look, I've been, I've been on something other than a W-2 tax form in my life for 20 plus years. Having an IRS letter show up doesn't phase me at all because half the time, more than half the time, it's just, we updated this record, we amended this, we amended that. But for a lot of people, seeing a letter from the IRS is just downright scary. And, uh, you know, it bothers them. And so that's, that's where your customers are coming to your team with that kind of like emotional distress. And I love how you've built in a culture of we answer people and get back to them quick because we have to remember we're not our customer. Our customers yeah. come to us for our expertise. Yeah, they are calling us because they're happy and want a cup of coffee, you know? <laughs> right, yeah, right. They're, they're, they're calling us because they're probably stressed out. and. And and yeah, and we want to create that experience that that speaks to them. Okay, yeah, we're we're here, we're ready, we're, we know how to help. That's what we do. Yep, yep. So, you know, when we look at like growing a business, you know, continuing to to push it forward, right? Because that's the whole goal. Everybody has that creative uh, idea, that big idea when they open a business. Um, when it comes to growing it, you talk about in your book circular systems. What do you mean by that? Well, I learned that um, years ago from a business coach. You know, your your systems work in in a circle of you know. First of all, you got to have marketing to get the leads in the door, and then marketing is different than sales. Sales is closing the deal. And those are yep. different skill sets and people don't want to talk about that, but it is. And then you got to have the people to do the work. You got to have a place for them to do it. And they've got to be productive doing it. And then you have to measure the marketing and you got to measure the productivity. And then guess what? That informs you how much marketing you need to do. And it all goes around in a big wheel, kind of like the wheels on the bus go round and round, right? That's right. And, and <laughs> to get that in. By, by the yeah. way, there is a heavy metal version of that song. I, yeah, I think I know that. Um, <laughs> and uh, and and that's that's circular. And um, I'll tell you what I think my third book is going to be called. It's just going to be called The Word Problem. Because one thing I'm always talking to my clients about is 
you know, first of all, we all hated word problems as we were a kid, you know. Jeff has to get to Philadelphia and it's, he's going 38 miles an hour. You know how, right? I could never get, I never got those right. Yeah, we all hated it. But, you know, as an adult, um, you know, so much of our life is a word problem. Okay. You know, I ate too much this spring. So I'm fat, right? Right. How do I lose that? It's a word problem. How much exercise do I get to, you know, so on. Versus how much do I eat leads yep. to this weight loss, right? And, you know, I talk about, okay, you know, how many leads do you have to get? How many do you have to close? Well, what do these numbers look like in your business? Mm -hmm. And I will map that out for my clients just, you know, more in a consulting sense. And that's more with a startup or whatever. But I have right up here on my whiteboard over there. Now, this is our word problem, and I know what it is. I know what we have to do to make it work. I know how many leads we need to keep busy because I know, and, and you know, I knew and repeat. And I am constantly, you know, refining it too because it changes as, as we mature in markets that we operate in. Um, we actually need fewer new leads because we've got so much repeat business in right. those markets. But um, so it, as you grow, your word problem actually becomes a little bit more complex. But I, I always impress on people when they're starting a business, figure out what that looks like to the best of your ability and look at it all the time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's when you look at it through that lens, you know, business ownership, leadership does become simple. It can be simple. Um, because if we, we end up making things all too complex at times, if you break it down to those simple motions, like to use a football analogy, the blocking and tackling, right? You, yeah. Oklahoma, you gotta, you gotta be touching a little bit of football in your life, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, the simple things of blocking and tackling will win you a game. I'm a, I'm an Eagles fan being a Philly, you know, Philly guy, Philly region guy, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. The Philly special was a cool play. Yeah, we tried to execute it in the youth football I coached. We 100% messed it up because the kids didn't block, you know? They all wanted to do it. It looked cool. It seemed cool. We wanted to emulate it, but it just didn't bring home the touchdown. And I think that so much of that happens. You know, I, I wrote a post today on my social media, and you'll like this as a, you know, I get the feeling you have taken on the marketing of your business I think beyond being a visionary for your business, that's that's this that's like skill one B, visionary one A, skill one B is yeah. marketing. There's this new feature in Facebook where if you run a group, you can apparently type at everyone, and everyone in that comment gets pinged. Okay, I, I learned of this feature in the recent days. Here, I've seen it come up now multiple times. Three of the groups are supposed marketing focused groups, which is just the most ironic thing ever because it, you know, tagging at everyone just defies market message and media match, right? Mm -hmm. So it, it, it just sometimes you just got to do the simple things of figuring out the word problem in the business in the moment for the issue, right? If it's marketing, it's the word problem of what is your mark? Who is your market? What is the message they're hungry for? 
And which media do they most use to dump that message into? Right. That's yeah. The, that's the word problem. Simplest form. And how many of those do you need? And how many of those can, you know, how many of the leads do you need? How many closes can you get out yep. of that? And, um, and you're completely right about how I approach the business because I am a advocate of this Seth Godin line that marketing is too important to leave to the marketing department. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, 100%. It's, it's job one. I mean, because look, if you're not getting up to bat, if you're not getting the snaps, if you don't have the basketball, you're screwed, right? Yep. Yeah, 100%. It's, uh, it's 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 core focus number one if you own your business to be marketing it for sure. Um, man, I think I have loved our time together. We're approaching the top of the hour. Um, this has been a true joy. Um, let's talk about how people might connect with you, both new customers, right? Let's solve yeah. the word problem for new customers, right? We need we need new people in, and then obviously. If if you're an attorney or in the legal profession and you like what Matt's throwing out here and you think this would be cool to work with this guy, so how do people get a hold of you? Yeah, our, our website is davisbusinesslaw.com. And with, by the way, we've got all, all of our resources about the art of preventing stupid and then the second book, The Strong Protected Business, um, up on our website. It's in the resources yep. tab. We're, we're kind of an open book. And then my email is mdavis at Davis Business Law. And, and I'm happy to help. As you can tell, I'm pretty easygoing and kind of an open book about everything we do. Sure. Yeah. And we've been showing on the screen, again, another reason to watch. And we'll have it in the show notes. Uh, all of Matt's resources, um, you know, getting his book, The Order Preventing Stupid, um, connecting with him through the website, through, through social media. We'll have all that in the show notes to get connected. Matt, I'm going to throw you on the spot. Uh, when I saw that guitar come out in the pre-show, um, I figured I'll, I'll save a couple minutes at the end. You feel like uh, jamming a little bit for for everybody? Can I put oh, you on the wow. spot like that? Yeah, let me see what I got here. Um, yeah, so this is yeah, this is a uh, I got this one here. This is a '61 Gibson J50. Not this is not J50. This is a LG3, which is a really cool little um, acoustic. See if it's even in tune. I don't play this one much. I've got a Telecaster over here. Let's see. Yeah, it's out of tune. Where's that gun? Now it goes to B minor. This is teenage daughter. I got a teenage daughter. She got that look in her eye. She got a wild eyed boyfriend. Don't like the look of that guy. She walks in the kitchen. Say what's up with those rings. She rolls her eyes back at me. Said just what did you mean? There you go. Love it, man. That's great. That's, you know, you know I, I wasn't gotta, 100% sure if you were 100% serious on 
teenage daughter, the band playing out, but right there it is. Right there, uh, yeah, you know, going on. Love it. Turn it up to 11 and, you know, get out. I, I, right. I only play a flying V in the band. So I've got right. two flying Vs. You got, you know, you got to, got to put on a good show, right? I love it. I love it. Well, I think this has been a great show. Uh, Matt, I've enjoyed our time together so much. Uh, thank you for taking the time to uh, share your wisdom, knowledge with our watchers, our listeners. It's been real great. Um, that was a lot of fun to wrap up the show. Really yeah, appreciate nice. that. And I guess, I guess, what was the name of your band again? Geriatric Steel. Geriatric Steel. I'm, I'm guessing people can connect with you through your site there that get to know Matt Davis site. Um, but uh, yeah, man, that was just a lot of fun. And yeah, we're getting the fun. band website up. We got the logo done and we're we're getting ready to go. <laughs> That's great. That's great. Well, everybody, this has been another great episode of The Big Ticket Life. Thank you to Matt for joining us and uh, we'll see you next week on the show. Take care, everybody. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this episode of The Big Ticket Life. You've heard from another amazing guest living their own big ticket life and now it's time to live yours. First, I'd love for you to take me up on my free gift to you. Find your gift at gift.thebigticketlife.live. That's gift.thebigticketlife.live. See, all your life you've been told what is and what is impossible by the loudest voices from the cheapest seats. It's time to finally do life and business on your terms. Sure, you've heard similar things, but without clarity on what can be done, it's easy to have your customers, employees, maybe even partners, and your spouse keep you from truly living a big ticket life. My big ticket methods shift you into that investor seat in your business, away from commodity and away from competition into a market of one so you can finally live your own big ticket life. So my gift to you is for you to book your discovery call today where we'll uncover first the Chivo behaviors, those chief everything officer behaviors that hold you back and why moving into the investor seat in your own business is critical. Two, we'll uncover the premium position that's up for grabs right now in your market that you're missing out on. And three, which big ticket methodologies are just waiting to be dropped into your business to explode your sales and profits. So again, thanks for listening to this episode. I'd love for you to take action right now. Accept this gift, book your call, go to gift.thebigticketlife.live. Again, that's gift.thebigticketlife.live.